Hi, this is Eddie Deason. You're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I was Mandark in Dexter's laboratory. Ha 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 ha. You are listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall on Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Hey, what's up, guys? Chris Stolle back with another Breaking the Fourth Wall, and I'll tell you what, guys, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm sitting down with the daughter of comedian George Hopkins. She is a uh, actor, direct, uh, actress, director, writer, producer. Hell, she's probably washed your car once or twice. Um, she has been in modeling <laughs> since she was three years old, two or three years old, if I'm reading that correctly. And, I mean, just the, you can't say enough about this person. Ladies and gentlemen, Kim Hopkins. How you doing today, Kim? I'm awesome. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm better now that I'm in the warmth. <laughs> <laughs> what, it's cold here. Where are you? I'm in Philly. Oh, God. Well, it must be really cold there. It was 48 today. I went for a walk, and I thought my nose was going to freeze off. <laughs> a lot of my listeners know. You don't know, but a lot of my listeners know. My uh, my day job is I'm a, I'm a fence installer, so I work outside all day, every day. And uh, oh. t- today was about 35 and snow flurries off and on all day. So <laughs> I was frozen oh, by the time I, I came home. I don't know how you home. do that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. That's uh, cold. But, uh, yeah, so obviously the first question I got to ask is really three years old is when uh, two and a half, three years old is when you started breaking into this business? Yeah, um, there was a very famous photographer named Bert Stern who saw me on the subway and said to my mom, that little girl needs to be on covers of magazines. And that was the first thing I did was a cover of a magazine from a call. <laughs> I, w- I was looking at that, and I mean, uh, looking looking at the bio, I mean, first off, you're, you're the daughter of a comedian who... Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, is that something you de- uh, definitely grew up wanting to do, is like seeing your dad on stage, like, I could do that too, I want to do that. Or, you know, it's a funny thing, I don't remember actually thinking that... But it, there is an article, and it says that one of the first things I said, I want to be a comedian, just like my daddy. And, yeah, so I guess I did. I, I saw that at, uh, uh, on IMDb as a uh, Times, I believe, talked to you about that, and that, that you promised that you yeah. would be a, a comedian yeah, and, like your dad. <laughs> yep. The funny thing is, on the back side of that, the flip side of that paper, there's a one-inch picture of Elvis Presley and a picture of Cantifolus. <laughs> nice. Wow, I got a whole, you know, half page. It was really nice. So, I mean, the the big thing that comes from it is how how do you go from childhood modeling and, I guess, uh, having aspirations of being a stand-up comic to acting, directing, and writing? Well, I th- it, it was just a natural progression. I modeled all over the world. And then when I finally settled back down in L.A., 
I went to a class just on a fluke um, and started acting and I booked right away. I thought it was actually a modeling interview that I was going to, right? but it was an audition for Hollywood Nights and I booked it and that was a comedy. So the first few films I did were comedy. Right. Now I've, I've seen that, especially uh, one, of the, one of the biggest names that jumped out at me uh, from your filmography, a lot of people will recognize as Cheech and Chong's next movie. Yes, that was that was one of the highlight. It was so much fun working with him. Tommy directed that, and Tommy was amazing. I just ran into him a few days ago, and uh, he's he looks great. And he, he was one of the best directors I ever worked with. I really enjoyed working with him. But they're funny guys, really funny. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like one of those like uh you know film and TV marks here, but I've got to ask: Is he like that in real life, or is it an act? <laughs> Tommy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Tommy. <laughs> that's how he is. He's adorable. Nice. He's just he's he's the sweetest man ever. He's just the sweetest man. But yeah, that's him. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know. Like, I, obviously, I expect you know, like you see him on that '70s show or the Cheech and Chong <clears throat> things. You, you know, he's acting, but it's like, is he? Does he sound like a hippie stoner when he's not acting? Too is like, is that just him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of does. And Cheech is a little different, you know, out of his character. He's he's exceptionally. They're both really bright men, right. and you know, they're intelligent and fun to be around. But Cheech is a little different when he's not in character. But Tommy sounds just like that. He acts. He's just a doll. <laughs> honestly the sweetest man I, I i had to ask since you said that you just talked to him and all you know but this 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 yeah. is about you not about tommy chong if i want to talk about tommy chong i gotta figure out how to book him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh okay. but no i mean uh you, you you've also done a lot of reoccurring uh comedy sketches on the tonight show yeah, I did. Um, worked with Johnny a lot, actually. Um, that was fun. He was great to work with. And George Burns pinched my rear end one time backstage. That was exciting. <laughs> you know what's funny is yeah. uh, growing up, some of my favorite comedians were the old-timey comedians. You know, uh, uh, Abbott Costello and, and, you know, Burns and Gracie. My jaw just dropped you telling me that George Burns pinched your ass. <laughs> <laughs> My jaw dropped at that that time. It was I was like, What the way? Okay. <laughs> that was kind of wild. Yeah, but um Johnny was wonderful to work with and he's such a professional and he was very I mean, everything went according to plan, but he was a perfectionist and it was great. Actually, I got to work with Richard Dawson too. I did the International Family Feud, and I was Koo Stark. So, um, wow, that was fun. Yeah. Did you win? In a bikini. Well, did we win? I, I, they actually shushed me off stage because I was in a rather sexy one-piece bathing suit. So I had to skedaddle. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a family show. You got to walk away. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing all the things that I see that you've done here, uh, you know, modeled for Oil of Olay. You became the, 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 the face of uh, ivory soap commercials and, you know, as the ivory baby. Um, 
you've enjoyed yeah. success since before the age of 12. Like, it yeah, was... I actually, I did a lot. I'm, I, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 please, please. Um, modeling, uh, from three to 12, I did a lot of modeling. I was on covers of magazines. I was an ivory baby. I just, I mean, I was, I did so much as a child and then we moved to California and I continued and then I started traveling all over the world modeling. So it was, it just, it became my life. It was wonderful to get to travel and see the world that way. You get treated a little bit differently, especially, um, Japan and Tokyo. Well, everywhere I went, they thought I was whatever nationality where I went, like in Japan, they'd come up to me and start speaking to me in Japanese. And I was like, um, American, don't speak like, oh, <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> and Mexico, same thing. I was in Mexico for two and a half years, and I didn't speak any Spanish when I got down there. And that was fun. Yeah, they had me do a commercial for Saba um, Intima, which is a women's hygiene product. And Oh, wow. I was kind of, yeah, I didn't know myself. But, yeah, that probably was not the smartest thing to do. It w- They were kind of funny about it. When I'd run around town, there was a little symbol that you did with your fingers and people would do it under the table and go, that's the Sabine Pima girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, see, that that was one of the things I wanted to, I wanted to ask. The reason I keep harping on the, uh, such a young age and, and breaking in, into modeling and, and all uh, is what kind of a world is that for a child, I mean, was this just fun to you, or was this aspiration even at a young you know, age? I, or no, I had. I mean, I I was so little, I really didn't know. But I was I I was born happy, and I really enjoyed it. My mom didn't push it on me. Okay, and they were wonderful everywhere I worked. Um, and because I was working at such a high level with such you know big photographers, um, it was it was. A, it was really delightful. That's all I can say. I enjoyed it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have continued. So for me back then, it was fine. I wouldn't suggest it for young girls these days. Right, because the industry probably is a lot different than it, than it was then. Yeah, it, it changes. I got into my 20s. Um, there was a big difference. And now I, I, just, I, I discourage parents from having their young daughters doing modeling um, it's just, I think the mindset is not, I mean, back then it didn't matter. You know, they were cute. It, you could be a little overweight or whatever. And nowadays it's just not the same thing. Oh yeah. Like the, like the, uh, the, uh, what was it? The, uh, tiaras and toddlers and tiaras or something like that. Where, you, oh, God. where you, where you seen them just like, I, I would, I would borderline call it child abuse. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't even borderline that. I'd go full blast. That is child abuse. I don't. It's. I was. Here's the thing. I mean, my son got in. I got my son into acting, not intentionally. He just kind of fell into it, also. Um, but a lot of the kids, I would see the parents. They want to do the work, and so they push their children to do things that they don't really want to do. And it's just. It's a. It's. It's just not a world for children. I don't think anymore. If the child wants to do it, that's a different thing. But I think most of the parents out there especially the toddlers and Tierra crowd, that is just, that's a whole different ball of wax. I don't even understand that. Who wants their little girl to look like a Playboy centerfold? I don't know. (laughs) 
I absolutely agree. I mean, it, 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 it's obviously in a different realm, but uh, on our sister channel, Sounds Dicey Gaming, where we run uh, tabletop RPG things like Dungeons and & Dragons and the like, and, and you know, it, it, in a sense, it's kind of like acting. Um, we have a show called Little Crits, and what Little Crits is is we uh, have young players. <clears throat> Two of the players are my children, who are 9 and 11 years old. And the reason I bring that up is it's I never wanted to exploit them. I just simply asked. They, they heard me doing it, and they wanted to know what I was doing, and I asked them if they wanted to try it. And little did I know, it became a show that they wanted to do. You know? That's awesome. Yeah, no, see, that's different. That's a whole different thing. And if they enjoy it, and they love it, and they're having fun, that's great. But... The, I, I don't. I don't see how that's fun for those little girls. I just don't. I just don't think that they're having fun. But more power to you with your son. Look, my son. I think I have a little thing. I'll send it to you that my son wrote for me on Mother's Day. Okay. And he actually wrote. You know, I love my mom because she let me decide whether I wanted to act or not, and I can get out of it whenever I want to. And that's how it was. I mean, and when he decided not to, he was on a television show for a couple of years, um, a series Movie regular stars. role. Yes, exactly. Um, but when he decided he didn't, you know, that show didn't get picked up for the last season. And he said he didn't want to act anymore because he was so attached to Harry Hamlin and some of the other cast members. And he said he didn't want to ever miss anybody like that. And I said, that's fine with me. So he turned down a feature film and he just, decided not to act anymore now he's an engineer so and he's very happy but it was his choice you know it was his choice to do it it was his choice to stop i think that i think that's awesome though i i was going to ask about him too and i i, I don't want to drop his name because you know I, I know some people are, are funny about about that when... oh no that's fine no it's <laughs> fine <laughs> But uh, I was going to ask, do you think it's a possibility of him following in your footsteps of like, you know, and grandpa's footsteps of, of one day taking the uh, stand-up stage? Well, I think he did it once, not where I could see it happen. <laughs> he's actually, he's really funny, but he's, uh, he is a mechanical engineer and he works for one of the biggest aerospace um, companies and he's really happy doing that. He makes good money. He's happily married and living in Florida. And I think that's pretty much what he wants to do, but I have to tell you a funny story. Um, all <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he did a video with the Olsen twins, Mary Kate Nashley Olsen's uh, costume party. And he danced and he sang, I think he was about nine. He was missing teeth and, wasn't probably his best looking year ever. Right. <laughs> and one of his coworkers realized that he was the same Zach Hopkins from that video. And they were out at a bar and he said, told the waitress, you know who this guy is? Pulls up the video and starts showing it to the girl. My son, of course, is mortified. <laughs> so the guy starts doing it everywhere they go. You know, this is Zach Hopkins. Thing. So my son decided with one of their other coworkers to go to Kinko's and he blew up all of his headshots to poster size and some photos of us from different uh, gigs that we had done together and some promo pieces. And he plastered the guy's office at six o'clock in the morning with just uh, poster size pictures of himself. <laughs> 
put him in his drawers, under his desk, on his computer, everywhere, and uh, made a little video for me to show me what he did. And the guy came in, and the guy was cracking up. He left it up for a week because he <laughs> loved it so much. That's I was like, awesome. This is yeah, I'm happy so, to hear. I'm happy to hear he got the revenge too. Because when you told me that he was at a bar and he, you know he's showing the waitress the, the nine year old pictures, all I'm envisioning is the same picture that every mother has, and that's uh, you as a child in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> and they whip it out, and like my mother would do it to me. Like I'd bring a girl home that I'm starting to date or whatever. It's like, oh, let's pull out the family. Oh God, no! I know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy he got revenge on that. <laughs> yeah, the one I have of the one of Zach that I have is way worse than the bathtub picture. <laughs> and I do pull it out. Thank God he got married because I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not until you uh, not until his kids get old enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That's great. I have another chance. Awesome. <laughs> oh man. But I mean, yeah, that 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 was the first thought that popped into my head when you were telling that story. I'm like, oh my god, she's gonna tell she's gonna tell the bathtub the, the bathtub picture <laughs> story. <laughs> no. Nope. Oh lord, that that's hilarious. But uh, I'm glad I'm glad he did that, and I'm I'm. Did, that was that was something I definitely wanted to ask. Is like both both your father and and your son. Uh, did you get a chance to work with them at any point? Oh, I did work with my son a bunch. Um, when he, when I, he didn't actually want to work with me. One of the first commercials that I did when I went back to work after I had him was for SeaWorld. And he went with me down to San Diego to film it. And he, he just happened to have been sitting next to me. So he ended up in that commercial. I think he was three and he hated sitting still. He was like, I don't ever want to do this again, mommy. I said, That's fine. You don't have to. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, we did a play together, which is where he started his acting career because the producer said, you want to do commercials? He said, no. And he said, you can make a lot of money. And my son went, what? Wait, what? Money? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, we did. It turned out like every time he did something uh, professionally, there would be people that I knew on this and they'd be like, oh, my God, Kim, where have you been raising him and getting his acting career going? So I would do small parts in that. And if I was working on something, he would do small parts in it. I did do a small part on movie stars. OK. Um, yeah. So we worked together a lot. My dad. No, I did not ever do anything with my dad. Although after I did my first stand up. I sent it to my father. He was blind by the time I did it. Oh. And I didn't tell him. Yeah, I know it was sad. It was real, That was a very sad thing when I found out he was blind. I hadn't talked to him in a couple of years. Um, and I was, go I was going through Miami. And I called him. I said, I want to step by and see you. And he goes, that's fine. But you know I can't see you. And I went, what? And he said, yeah, I have macular degeneration. And I, I really, I still tear up. I said, you know, you're not going to be able to see my cute little face. And he said, no, honey, I can't. Oh. So, um, yeah, that was tough. That was, a, that was a tough moment for me. But um, once, once I did do the stand-up without telling him I was going to do it, I sent him the video on YouTube. And my stepmother played it for him. And he really enjoyed hearing it. So we did bond over that and he you know helped me a little bit not much i kind of his he was really old school he was still doing cat skill stuff so um but we, we we did talk about it a lot but we never actually worked together oh that, that's a shame and I, i'm 
I'm heartbroken about about the, the, the degenerative disease uh, that cost him his eyesight. It, it's it's uh, ironic. Yeah, that was tough. Um, actually, about good. Yeah, it it, it was just uh, I... well. Uh, a couple years ago, I used to I used to be an independent professional wrestler, and I worked for a company called Rocky Mountain Championship Wrestling. Uh, which was owned by a man named uh, Michael Hunt. And that, that was his real name. People don't laugh and don't <laughs> use the abbreviation. <laughs> now, Mike, Mike uh, was a professional wrestler. He could, he could work in the ring. And, of course, he owned his own company, you know, RMCW and all. But he had the exact same thing. He was a blind wrestler. He could only see 20% of his peripheral vision. Uh, basically, the way he described it to me is he could see shadows out of the corner of his eye. That was it. Oh, yeah. And it was it was literally the same thing. Like, he was born with full eyesight, and by 18, he just started losing it. And it just got, you know, worse as time went on. So, you know, it's, it's amazing hearing these stories about uh, people who have gone through that. And I, I can't even imagine it. I can't imagine it either. Um, but I can tell you another funny story about my lovely father. Who oh, absolutely. <laughs> wrote, he rode Harleys his whole life. That was his, I mean, he, he was a Harley guy. He had his leathers and he had two beautiful bikes. And um, even though he was blind, he was still riding his Harley in Miami. Uh, and he would just ride and he would, pull over and he would get off and pull out his little cane and walk down the street. <laughs> Dad, it's dangerous. He goes, I can still see big things like trucks. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, but can you imagine being on the sidewalk or on the street and seeing some guy get off his motorcycle and pull out his cane and like have to, hello. <laughs> he was a nut. You know, it's he funny. was a nut. It's funny. I've made similar jokes uh, years ago. Like I used to say, I always wanted to get a car and I wanted to like uh, weld a spring on the front bumper and then put one of those seeing eye canes right on the front of it. So it taps in the front of the car as we're driving. (laughs) That's that's funny. That would be really funny. You should do that. That's hysterical. I I don't know. This day and age, I might offend somebody. (laughs) Oh yeah, true. Well, yeah, these days. Uh, that actually that brings that brings up a good point. Since you are in the world of uh, of comedy and and stand up comedy now, uh, ha- has has the world comedy world really changed with a lot of today's climate of uh, I, I don't want to use the term political correctness, but for lack of a better term, being more sensitive to to things. As as I I asked this a lot of a lot of comedians because uh, you know. Growing up on on comedians like Andrew Dice Clay or Gallagher, I don't think they would yeah. ever have or Dennis Leary. They would they they would die in today's climate, in my opinion. You oh, know. totally. Yeah, no, you can't you can't do the same stuff he used to do. I mean, well, it's, I mean, how many people have gotten like blasted for just I mean the silliest things these days? Now, it, yeah, it's changed a lot. I mean, what hasn't changed is that women are still not as well respected as men. Um, right. And, uh, I, I tend to do a clean set when I do it. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't think, 
you can do with these, especially Andrew Dice Clay. I mean, for you, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's a whole different world. Oh, yeah. Was, and I actually used to think too. it was funny. Yeah. Oh, no. It, it, way over the line. I mean, but I thought it was funny. It was uncomfortably funny. Like, it wouldn't be something that I would tell my friends I was listening to. But right. I thought it was funny. Oh, absolutely. I mean... <laughs> It, 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 you know, it, it, it's, it's fascinating to me because uh, I've always been a stand-up comic fan. I don't know, and, you know, I've been a musician, I've been a pro wrestler. I don't know if I'd have the cojones to ever get on stage and try to tell jokes. Oh, you know something? <laughs> it's so much fun when you do it that... I mean, I think everybody gets nervous right before you go on stage. I'm never nervous up until the minute right before I go on stage. And then, like, there's, like, 15 seconds of just, like, should I just turn around and walk away? No, going to go. <laughs> Once you get out there and someone laughs, it's just the it's the most amazing thing. It's, it's like most actors love theater because there's the instant response. And so you, you feel that you're accomplishing something. But with comedy, I... There's really nothing like it, and I think you should. I think everybody should try it once at least. It's really fun. Although I will tell you, um, I did the World Series of Comedy in Las Vegas, and I went on. I think at eleven o'clock at night, after the unknown comic who kind of just dropped in, um, and I went out, and my first couple of jokes, people were cracking up, and then I did a joke that didn't go over well with the ladies. And so they stopped laughing. Their husbands and boyfriends stopped laughing. And literally I was the only one laughing for the next six minutes. Ooh. And I laughed my ass off as I told my jokes. Yeah, it, w it went completely dead silent. And when I went backstage, the MC said, what happened out there? You were so funny. We were cracking up back here. And I said, I, I don't really know what happened out there, but even, I mean, even, and most people, most comedians that I've talked to have said, yeah, when that happens, man, it's the worst feeling. I was having a ball. I knew I was funny to me anyway. So <laughs> I was laughing and having a blast. I, it didn't bother me that much, but it, yeah, it gets it's like really quiet in your head, you know? Right. But I had fun anyway. So, I mean, if that's the worst that can happen, go try it. You should try it. <laughs> well, maybe one day I'll I'll drink <laughs> enough beers to to jump in front of an open mic, but uh, that 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 is a question I'll I'll ask since since uh, you you do do the stand up and and all um they say and not again without having personal experience they say comedy usually comes from a very dark place but obviously your background your upbringing you didn't have a whole lot of uh negativity to draw from what is your inspiration uh for for your your act your show your comedy your comedy um personal experience i mean i just i basically tell stories and i fortunately have lots of fun things to tell like the time that my mom shot herself in the foot and i asked her if the bullet went through the ceiling and if she checked on the neighbors you know that kind of thing <laughs> um yeah you know because she just was like oh i I, I forgot I had a gun in the closet. And I said, mom, she goes, yeah, don't tell anybody, but I, I shot myself in the foot. And I said, okay, where's the bullet? Is it still in your foot? And she was like, I don't know. I don't think so. I said, did you check the floor? She said, well, I don't, I don't find it anywhere. Like, did you check the downstairs neighbor's mom? Because <laughs> where is the bullet go? She goes, well, I, have, I don't think they're home. I haven't heard them. Oh, okay. 
Yes, and maybe you need to go down and check them. (laughs) I'm not trying to be funny here. I'm telling you, this is the actual story as it happened. And I thought, I called my sentence and go, Zach, you need to go over there right now and get that gun from Grandma and find out if the neighbors are okay because we didn't know what happened. She broke bones in her foot. She actually did shoot herself in the foot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but there was darkness in, in my life and I, and my father definitely was not, uh, the happiest person. He had a very dark, uh, personality. He was not a happy person. I wouldn't say. Okay. So, um, I, I don't have darkness and I don't, that's not where my comedy comes from. I think my comedy just comes from like crazy. I mean, I had a crazy father and a crazy mommy and crazy life and, I work in Hollywood, so there's all kinds of things to talk about. Some some of your stories deal with some of the, like onset uh, uh, mishaps and all. Like I was la- one of the things I was laughing at with your story with your mom as an example uh, wasn't so much Hello? about your mom shooting herself in the foot or anything. Uh, quite honestly, the, the, the thing that had me laughing was the, uh, don't tell nobody because that's almost a setup for every joke. And that's usually how the jokes usually start, isn't it? Like somebody tells you, don't tell nobody. Well, now I've got to. Yeah. 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 I mean, how do you not tell somebody that story? You have to, um, you know, I, 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 I haven't ever used anything from us from the set. Actually, that's not a bad idea. I should write some things because there's been plenty of stuff that's happened on set <laughs> right about no um i haven't that's a good idea i will do that happy to help <laughs> <laughs> but i definitely want to get this in i'm gonna i'm gonna change directions here a little bit here um current projects you before we started recording you were telling me about a couple that you could and a couple you could not talk about to make sure i don't mention the ones that you can't yet talk about i'll just simply Mm -hmm. ask uh what are you working on these days that you would like to have (laughs) the people know about (laughs) well i am working on a pilot which i can't really talk a lot about i can tell you about the character her name is grace and um she is a, a she owns a flower shop and she gets involved with drugs at some point um and her whole life changes but she still stays a really sweet flower shop owner so it's an interesting character and i'm really looking forward to that so as soon as i can tell more about it i will definitely come back on your show so you can be the first to tell people what it is oh absolutely i'd be honored. um but other than That'd be awesome. Um, the other thing is I teach um, actors how to not just act, but how to um, become working actors. I have a class that's called Live in the Moment Acting Class that I teach in Los Angeles on Saturdays. And we work on acting and we also work on branding and marketing and getting them out there and getting them working. And I've gotten quite a few of my actors, managers and agents and acting gigs. Um, and I offer every month two veterans and two handicapped artists a free month of class and i also shoot at the every month professionally shot footage for their reels and it's professionally edited so that's included in their free month oh wow so i like to give back yeah and i think veterans there you know there's a lot of work for veterans and there are a lot of veterans who want to get into it and handicapped people also so 
I like to give back that way. Well, again, as I told you off air, um, I was a previous uh, interview uh, with uh, George Romero. He's doing something very similar, uh, which I think is absolutely awesome. It's it, uh, especially for our veterans, like and of course the disabled as well. But I mean, uh, for veterans, like in in since the '60s and '70s, where where a lot of veterans felt like they've been left behind. It's such a great thing to hear yeah. that people want to, to do things to help veterans. And especially like uh, like I was explaining to George uh, how a lot of them have B- PTSD and really have not figured out how to, again, reincorporate themselves in, in normal society. You know, I think it would be a great outlet for them. So I, I definitely I applaud you for that very, very, very much. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I'm really I'm I'm pro- I have one. Um, veteran in my class right now, uh, Brady Allen, and he's been in the class only about three months. He already booked a gig. He worked three weeks and he's doing so great. And I watched him. I mean, he's been acting for 15 years, but he kind of took himself out of it, I think, because of, you know, having been in uh, services and he's just, it, it's made him blossom. And I mean, he's just, I'm, I'm so proud of him. And it, I just I I hope that I can help other people that way. It would be wonderful. So I'm definitely looking forward to getting in touch with George Romero. That would be awesome. I think I think you guys are a match made in heaven for that, and I think a lot of people could benefit from it. So I I'm absolutely thrilled to hear about it, <laughs> and hope that I can you know, make a connection for you guys on that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that, awesome. If you are interested in, in her acting classes, and especially if you are a veteran or a disabled person, there will be uh, a link to the uh, to the program in the description below to contact uh, Kim and be able to get started on that. Uh, we will make sure that is in the description, both on the YouTube and the audio format. So just scroll down to the description where you got to go through all my uh, different links to find the shows and all that. But uh, you will find right there. I will make sure the information is there and available for you guys. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. Um, back to it here, because um, we 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 barely scraped in. Uh, you 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 did state that you took some time off to raise Zach when when you had him, and then you came back to it, and you were doing commercials, and of course, still still doing. Uh, uh, film and all, and and you did mention uh, uh, something you can't necessarily talk about, you, you know, with the character of Grace. Mm-hmm. So you're still staying completely active in the in the acting community, but you, which we talked about, but we haven't discussed too much about your writing and and directing credits. Um, how did you get involved in that? Going behind the camera. Well, um, there. I realized if I wanted to go back to work after I took off for a while that I needed to produce some of my own work. And then I realized I didn't know how to do anything behind the camera. I had sat in on casting sessions and I had been, you know, on some sets when I wasn't working, but I didn't really understand it. So I decided to go to film school. So I went to the New York Film Academy to study directing and I learned how to do everything that you have to do on the set. And, um, I did a short film called Animals, which I wrote, directed, produced, cast, starred in. I really basically did it all by myself, and it came out great. Um, 
I got $3 million of funding to make it into a feature. And um, I still need another $4 million about to do it, which I'll I'll put it together. I'm not in any big hurry with it. But the reason I actually started was because I wanted to produce something for myself. And then once I got into it, I was like, this is amazing. I, I love directing which is another reason I love teaching because I, I like, it gives me the the uh, ability to be able to direct on a regular basis, even though it's just small little things. But when we shoot every month, I get to direct my actors. So that's awesome. What are, yep. what are some of your favorite memories in, in directing since you, since you talk about uh, directing being like teaching, give me an example um, of one time where you, where you stepped up and, uh, and, schooled an actor or actress <laughs> <For that term. laughs> um well i i'm i'm a really gentle director i would say um and i really like to let people do what they want to do i'm i i don't think i've ever schooled anyone really i try to get them to understand you know what they're doing what they're not doing that i need to get from them um but I will say, when I was directing Animals, the uh, Johnny Ray Diaz, who I have to tell you, this guy, when he came in to audition for me, I probably saw 30 guys for that role. And when he came in and as he started, I went to push the button to start filming his audition and I missed it and I totally forgot to go back into it. He was so incredibly talented. I have to tell you, the most amazing thing is to see somebody really nail it. Right. Um, so having him on set and directing him, it was probably one of the highlights of my life. I mean, he, he was such a dream, but I did have to, you know, tweak just a little bit, but um, it, I, can't, I can't explain. It's more about telling the DP what to do than it is about telling the actors. I mean, okay. to get them to understand what you're, what you're looking for and what you want. That that that's fair enough. I, I you know being a big Star Wars fan, of course, I've watched a lot of behind the scenes of like George Lucas, uh, for example, where a lot of times he's he's stated it's like I you you pay more attention to is the lighting right or is the the background props moving or whatever than than really paying attention to the actor itself because you pretty much trust that they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Unless they're really screwing up and, and then, I mean, and I have had, I have had to tell people, you know, that's not what I want. <laughs> Excuse me. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it, you, it, there's so much to pay attention to when you're directing. I mean, you're in charge of everything really. So it's, it's a, it's a big job. I didn't realize how big of a job it is, but once you're in it, it just becomes like your world. It's like a game. I think, you know, when you're in those games, you have to watch every little thing that's happening everywhere. Right. 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 Yeah. No, so it's sort of like that. All right, well, then yeah. the, 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 the big, the big question of the hour now is what's next. You've done acting, you've done directing, you've done writing, producing, obviously stand up comedy. What's, what's next for uh, Kim Hopkins? A novel? <laughs> <laughs> I actually am going to write a book. Um, every time I tell people some of my stories, they're like, oh my God, you should write a book. And I I hesitate because some of the stories probably people won't want me to write, but I've had a really incredible life and it it's starting to occur to me. You know, like the more I talk to people, the more I realize I, I've really had an amazing life. So I am going to write a book. Oh, excellent. 
I will I will promote the hell out of it for you if you do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But I think I'm going to continue acting, and um, that's really where I'm going to focus is acting and helping other actors realize their dreams, which is I, – I just love it. I love watching other people enjoy what they're doing and watching them, you know, get where they want to be. It's, it, I, it just it means a lot to me to help people, so – I, that's an excellent, that's what excellent keep doing. attitude. That is an excellent, excellent attitude. And uh, I think for the final thing that I'll Thank ask you. of you, it, this yes. one, this one's kind of a stock question. It, it, it is, okay. but because of because of the situation and and what you do for, for 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 people trying to help them realize their dreams and everything, a lot of people may not understand or realize how to get started. They may have these big dreams of being an actor, a writer, a director, you know, things of that nature, even stand-up comedy. So it's a stock question, but in your opinion, what advice would you give these people to, to take the first steps? To take the first steps? Um, boy, that's, I mean, that's a tough question um i would say reach out to somebody who can help you i mean they i'm more than happy to have anybody reach out to me and i help people for free all the time if they want to know um depending on what the market they're in i mean i help people i was talking to a guy in germany the other day um but reach out to somebody who's in the business and don't be afraid to reach out to somebody who's a big name because those people don't get asked very often and they're always willing to help so i think that's my best advice is reach out to people who are doing it and doing it well, instead of listening to people who are charging you without, and they don't really have the background. Right. And, and uh, that was, that was one of the things I was thinking of. Cause I, I, again, I remember back when I was a musician and I would try to figure out how to progress in the music scene you know, you, you, of course you had the shysters that were always like, well, you know, pay me this much money and I'll promote your band or, you know, whatever. But, you know, sometimes the advice you got was play the the smoker shows, play the, you know, the the bars that'll, any bar that'll sign you up. And you, you realize quickly, like, that would be all right advice if you tweak it a little bit. You don't want to play a country club if you're a rock band. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, the, your the career age, ends really quickly. The old age home probably won't appreciate your rendition of Enter Sandman. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you, you, you never know. So, like, you know, with, with acting, I got to imagine it's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, uh, local theater or, or you know, uh, improv groups or something of that nature may be a good idea, but make sure it's, I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong here, make sure it's the, the, the direction you want to go. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you hear this all the time. People are like, well, you know, I just saw a post on Facebook. This person was like, should I move to LA or should I stay in Texas and build up my resume? And I would say 90% of the people said, stay in Texas. LA is a really rough town. It's not that easy. You need to be good. And it's like, no, if you want to be an actor, you need to be in New York or Los Angeles or Atlanta. Get your butt there. Make sure that you're good at what you do. And that's one of the things, I mean, and this is, it's really important. If you can't act, you're not going to make it. 
I mean, I'm not, yes, there are people who can't act very well who are working, but you're not going to break into the business that way. So you want to be trained. And I don't mean um, like uh, method acting. I mean, you need to be an organic actor. You need to have some talent to bring to it and then move to the town where the work is instead of trying to do it in these small towns because it's not going to happen. And I think you should go for your dreams. That's what I think. That's my advice. Go for your dreams. Hey, the worst thing in life, the worst thing in life that you could ever say is you, at least you tried. Yeah. Yes. Um, I actually was with a friend today. I was telling that I drove a GT 40 on Laguna Seca racetrack and they were like, what? I said, yeah, I mean, I do, I'll do anything. I used to race my, um, E36 M3 out at Willow Springs and I, snowboard and I ski and I ran a marathon and I just, I will do anything. (laughs) I mean, life only happens once. So I try to do everything I can stand up, acting, modeling, whatever it is. I think you should try to do things that are out of your comfort zone and just enjoy your life because you get one that I know of. You know, I can't. I can't even think of a better way of a- ending the show or getting any other piece of advice than that. Is simply live your life. Yes. <laughs> you only get one. Make it the best one you got. <laughs> that, that, yeah. I couldn't agree more to that. Yay. Kim, this this has been an absolute absolute pleasure. I I thank you very very much for coming on to this show here. Um, once again, uh, if people want to contact you, not just for acting, but maybe they have some questions that I didn't ask here or whatever the case may be. Is there any way, uh, anything you'd like to, to add to the listeners, uh, to let them know where they can get in touch with you or maybe learn more about you? Um, they can, you can, uh, go to my website, kimhopkins.net. You can find me on Facebook at the Kim Hopkins and on Instagram at the Kim Hopkins. Um, I answer all my messages on Facebook and Instagram. So, yeah. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And guys, of course, for Realm of the Mist Entertainment, thank you very much for hanging out with me today. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did in any capacity, hit that thumbs up button, like, share, comment, subscribe. Check out all the other great uh, podcasts of Realm of the Mist Entertainment. And, of course, jump over to our sister channel, Sounds Dicey Gaming, for tabletop content, video game let's plays, and just a bunch of general fun. And, of course, if you're interested in the audio-only formats of the shows, of course, you could look up Realm of the Mist at Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. Kim, one more time, thank you very, very much. This was an honor and a, a blessing, and I look forward to hearing from you again when that book comes out. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. I had a great time. All right. And guys, thank you very much for hanging with us, and I will catch you on the next Breaking the Fourth Wall. Have a good night. <laughs>